0: Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the fateful and for the fateful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal. And you may ask yourself who I'm talking to. It's Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce.
1: Hey, David. How are you doing tonight?
0: Good. What's the rest of your T-shirt? I could just see the top line there. You may ask yourself, what's the rest?
1: How did I get here? <laughs> My God, what have I done? It's all... Uh... Uh, lyrics from a song from Talking Heads. Same I as it ever was
0: Oh, you may ask yourself. I got that. <laughs> All right. Very famous once song.
1: In, once in a lifetime, yes, it is a brilliant song. And I got a shirt, courtesy, of my good friend Darcy Woodguy McLeod.
0: So there you go. Nice gift.
1: Yeah. I love it. Nice
0: shirt. Speaking of gifts, Bruce, the owners might have given one <laughs> little bit of one of the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, you can't win every game, so we got to nope. accept accept that. Nope. Uh, this was a pretty rancid effort, especially in the first period, where the Oilers left rookie goaltender Stuart Skinny, to Stuart, Skinny Stuart Skinny, Stuart Skinner, to the Wolves. And um, I think what was it? Uh, was it how many great shots in the first 11? eleven
1: to two for Detroit? Eleven to two.
0: He was bombarded. And he hung in there. He did enough for his team to win. Anyway, we'll talk about that more. So our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast on Edmonton's 3-2 loss to the Detroit Red Wings, game 11 of the season. Bruce, what's your good thing?
1: Well, my good thing is the guy who made the atrocious blunder on the game losing goal against, and that's Stuart Skinner, uh, who otherwise did have an absolutely outstanding game and was hung out to dry by his teammates from the start. And I, I'm a little disappointed in my team, frankly, to, to play such a stinker in front of a kid playing as such an important game for himself. But the, the boys left it on the plane or something. And I will give 100% full credit to Detroit. They were flying. They were winning the battles. They were winning the races. They were winning the puck. They were taking it to the net and they were playing hard. And they dominated that game right up to 3 nothing. And I, I guess after the bad goal, that made it 3-0 after Skinner had done everything in his power to keep Edmonton in the game. Uh, At that point, Oilers uh, uh, started to play a little bit better in sort of the second 30 minutes of the game, but the deficit proved to be too big. But give Skinner credit. He made some outstanding saves against, uh, what was it, 19 grade A chances tonight, and uh, uh, 16 of them he stopped. And, uh, uh, you know, he was... uh, uh, some of them were point-blank shots from, uh, some again, strong play by Detroit, but some pretty, to use your word, rancid defending by the Oilers' defense and forwards, who abandoned ship on uh, on more than one occasion and uh, left the young goalie to his own devices. And I thought he responded well to the challenge, like I say, extremely unfortunate that that goal not only went in at all, but that it turned out to be the difference in a one-goal game. But. I'm not putting that loss on Stuart Skinner. Not in a thousand years am I blaming the goalie for that loss. He was about the 19th worst starter in that game.
0: There was one stretch in the first period, Bruce, where Detroit had five great A chances (laughs) in a row in in 80 seconds. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) Barry. (laughs) Tyson Berry and Evan Bouchard were stuck out on the ice together. Bouchard was already really tired because, but he he was not allowed to shift off. Um, I don't know who who failed to get the puck out, but I do know that Yasepuliary made an absolutely stinker of a line change. Yes. And I know he's, you can't say anything bad about Yasepuliary, but I'm going to do it. That yep. that was horrendous. Yep. Uh, it was in the neutral zone, and it kicked off this this sequence where Bouchard stuck on the ice, mm-hmm. and. Um, they just got shelled, but Stuart Skinner, like through, he was just he was really good. That's the best I've seen him play. Mm-hmm. He looks every time I see him play now. He looks better. He looks more like an NHL goalie. He sure looked like an NHL goalie tonight. I agree, Bruce. He's a that's a excellent choice. Is a good thing. Um, my, short list. my
1: <laughs> what's that? It's a short list. The only other item on my list was the Oilers penalty kill, and especially the one in the third period. But otherwise, you know, it was Skinner was kind of the obvious choice for me.
0: I, I liked a few players. I liked Yamamoto's effort. I liked Hyman's effort. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, in terms of like um, who I thought played well, I thought Cody Cece and Duncan Keith had a really solid game. Uh, Keith, every time he touches the puck, he's just so calm with it, he's, and he's crafty and smart with it. CC is surprising me uh, all year long. he's surprised me. He's, he's big, he's fast, he can make a pass, and he's a solid defender. He's, he's considerably better than I thought he was going to be. And that partnership tonight, um, they got beat on one grade A chance, which was kind of a marginal chance of tip in front of the net, I thought, which was so-so. But they, they were, whereas the rest of the defensive <laughs> pairings absolutely uh, were crushed um including Darnell Nurse uh, who who had a good who had a high event game with some good stuff on the attack but some bad stuff on defense. Those two guys shut it down and played solid hockey. And if the rest of the team had played like that, the orders would have won this game. But not to be not to be. Bruce, your bad thing.
1: Oh, I've got a few choices on that front. Uh, I'm going to go I think with the play of the third line uh, which just isn't getting it done, and no. I thought, uh, I mean, they, they switched things up a little bit tonight. They put Kyler Yamamoto there for a little while, and then, of course, Zach Cassian left the game with some kind of a injury in the first period, and uh, they wound up bumping Yamamoto up to the second line, but the uh, the third line they got, they got, um, uh, beaten on the on the first goal against in the first period, and mind you, that was brutal plays by both Kukuk and Barry. That was part of it, but their backchecking just wasn't there, David. It wasn't there on that play, and it wasn't there on any other play. It didn't seem like it. It was uh, um, it was you know the two defensemen and the goalie against the world, or the one defenseman that was left and the goalie. But the the forwards weren't they weren't really flowing into the into the lanes on the on the on the back check. And that said, the worst shift of the game, you already touched on it, with uh, Evan Bouchard and Tyson Berry getting caught out at the at the end of a shift that was two minutes fifty five seconds for Bouchard. And he played a full shift with Nurse, couldn't get off, and then they couldn't get the puck deep enough to get let him get off. And this was even with the short change. He just couldn't do it. So it was uh, well, and on that occasion, it was a different line that was out there. It was Fogle, but I think it was Nugent Hopkins and Cassian. Yeah. And Cassian, I, let's just put it this way. I hope he was already nursing whatever it was that knocked him out of the game because that was as pathetic a shift as you can imagine that Cassian delivered. Uh, just beaten constantly to pucks by pinching Detroit defensemen. Now, just skate around him and go get the puck. And it was um, uh, may, maybe he was already whatever he hurt, or maybe he got hurt during that shift and he just couldn't get off or, or whatever. Uh, but he absolutely got owned out there on that shift. But all of them did because the forwards were, they just were nowhere to be found. And yeah. there was a play where Barry, it's on the first goal, I remember, Barry went and got the puck uh, uh, and he got he got crunched in the corner. And he fed it around the boards, and Cassian was nowhere near it. And maybe it wasn't was a goal. It was anyway. It was a really bad play. Barry no, fed it, it around a, the boards. It wasn't a goal.
0: It was a pass down was, that came. It
1: was this but, shift, yeah. And Cassian got beat to the puck, and Barry's lying in the corner, and only Bouchard is left, and it's like four on one for Detroit on what was a clearing pass by Edmonton, and all the forwards were out past the blue line, going, "Oh, maybe I should do something about that." And I I just thought the effort from the forwards and especially the checking line forwards just wasn't there and and very disappointing. And it's, uh, you know, I mean, if they're never going to score and they haven't scored squad, I mean, Derek Ryan scored in game number two against Calgary and he's got nine games now without a point. So if you're not going to do that, then you better be uh, doing a little better on uh, keeping the puck out of your own net. And anyways, it's uh, it's I'm conflating. There was a lot of bad stuff in this game, and I'm kind of conflating some of it. But it was all kind of the same, same general thing. I mean, I'm disappointed primarily in the Oilers in terms of the the overall flow to the game. And again, just to step back, full credit to Detroit. I was very impressed with how how well they played and how they took advantage of uh, of. Uh, their opposition and really put the pressure on him and, and forced him into making mistakes. So I mean it's always a little little of this and a little of that, but but uh, Oilers were the second best team on the ice tonight and despite the making the score close in the third, I thought the better team won and deserved to win.
0: My bad thing, Bruce, is Bouchard's play. <laughs> Man, he had a night to forget. He had a he had a nightmare. <laughs> had a nightmare on defense Bruce, all season long at even strength In the first 10 games He had made just 14 Major mistakes on grade A chances against Which is, which is pretty good for a defenseman Especially because he was starting to play some tough minutes
1: mm-hmm.
0: 14 in 10 games In this one game He made 11 He made 11 major mistakes <laughs> That is a record Since wow. we've been tracking this since we've been tracking this, we've not seen that before, and uh, no, no one's hit double digits. So that was a really bad, horrible, rotten, no good night on defense. Kind of culminating on a play that Craig McTavish took the time to rip between the intermissions, second and third, in the second I intermission, think so. because there was a there was a point shot, kind of a was it tipped or was it a rebound? Anyway, it went to. It, I think it was. What do you recall? Let us have a look here. Point shot. The end
1: boards, Buddy got behind Bouchard, and Bouchard just kind of floated out into the slot above him, and Buddy got yeah, behind was, him, and it was a deflection. And it, yeah. and the guy, nemestnikov controlled it on the edge of the crease, and he tapped it in with absolutely zero back pressure or front pressure from from, from Bouchard. The D-man
0: because Bouchard was Bouchard abandoned ship. Yeah, he was puck watching and and uh, not. Thinking about his main job, which is defensive fundamentals, and this is easy to do for defensemen, I can assure you. Uh, mm-hmm. But it uh, he he totally blew that play. He blew a lot of plays. Um, he, he, you know, I, I, he he made some good plays on the attack and almost scored oh. late. The game Hyman set him up and he almost scored there. That was mainly on Hyman that great play. And would have been nice if Barry, uh, Bouchard had roofed it. Like finished it, yeah. Finished it and um, got the orders to, uh, to tie that game up. Mm-hmm. But uh, this just wasn't his night. And, um, you know, he'll be better. That, that I don't think that's, you know, it's an, as I say, this, this, <laughs> this kind of game was an anomaly, not just not in Oilers history, but for Bouchard this year, mm-hmm. he, he's been, he's been pretty good on defense and, mm-hmm. and hasn't leaked badly all year. But tonight he did, and that's gonna happen now and then to a young defenseman in the NHL
1: he was fighting the puck big time and not just in his own zone like there was a few times where he flat out whiffed on pucks,
0: yeah, and
1: it just he was trying to make a player a pass and he just completely whiffed on it like it's just like maybe his coordination wasn't quite there and he did somehow he got an assist uh, on the uh, Mcdavid goal when when uh Uh, According to Jack Michaels, he nearly put it in his own net and it went behind the net, Nurse picked it up and he carried it all the way to the blue line and passed to McDavid, who carried it the rest of the way and scored. So Bouchard got one of the more uh, um, unusual second assists in in recent memory. Uh, So he came away on the night 1-4-1 against, as it turned out. But uh, uh, the... uh, uh, it, yeah, it, w- it was a real major struggle for uh, for Bush tonight, and hopefully uh, lessons will be learned as McTavish suggested in his uh, intermission spot. He,
0: he, McTavish called him a smart player. It's mm-hmm. clear that he is extremely smart yeah. hockey player. So I I think lessons will be learned there, and uh, you know you just. <laughs> possibly need to have a night like that now and then to 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 refocus, yes. recalibrate your game and get it back to and, you know, defense first, take care of your own end and no worry about other stuff later. Bruce, what's your number?
1: Are we, oh, we're there already. Okay. Uh I will go with um well, I I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Evan Bouchard and this is the this is the weirdness of this player uh, uh that the possession stats go in his favour more nights than not. And they did tonight. Believe it or not, uh, the Oilers had 26 shot attempts to 20 for um, um, Detroit when Bouchard was on the ice, which was 20 minutes and 15 seconds. He actually played the most of any Oilers defenseman tonight, Evan Bouchard, even more than Nurse. That surprised me. But they were 26 to 20. Uh, Shots on goal were 15 to 14. Uh, scoring chances were 13 to 16. High danger chances, again, this is all natural trick, 6 to 13. And that is the stat that nailed his actual performance tonight. Not Corsi, Corsky, but uh, high danger Chansky's, 6 4, 13 against on his watch. And the 13 were, well, matched by Tyson Berry, who also had a struggle of a night tonight, sure um, but not quite so many. Um I don't think quite so many mistakes on uh, on scoring chances. And for uh, uh, so it was one of those nights where it depends which column you want to look at as to as to which one more accurately reflects the play. And to me, it was at those thirteen high danger chances against that uh, um, still, and of course, by our count, directly involved in three uh, grade A shots for the Oilers, Uh, One beautiful pass to McDavid on a give-and-go in the zone. That dangerous shot from in close, but as you say, 11 against, and that is just way, (laughs) way outside the bounds of what's acceptable.
0: Bruce, uh, my number is a positive number. Uh, Darnell Nurse, my number is nine. He's got uh, nine points, all of them assists so far in his 11 games. So... Um, there's there was some concern that Darnell Nurse um, his offense would evaporate. I mean, I think people f- were specifically focusing on his goal scoring that he couldn't replicate that number. I mean, uh, goals, assists, whatever the defenseman's doing on the attack. If he's if he's making major contributions, if they're not like cheap secondary c- assists, the nurses generally aren't because he's such a dynamic attacker. Um, tonight he he had a fantastic, absolutely fantastic play where. Early in the third period, his team down three to one. He took the puck from behind his own net and just absolutely charged up the ice, just blistered up the ice. And then in dry saddle like fashion, um, uh, shot a backhand pass right across the ice to Connor McDavid, who was who was streaking in and scored a goal. It was a great goal by McDavid, you know, using his speed and fooling a goalie that way. Mm -hmm. But Nurse's play on it was indicative of, of the kind of offensive playing we play we've been seeing from him last year and this year. The guy can move the puck often with his feet, sometimes passing it. Can shoot the puck really hard. He's going to score some goals. I mean, I don't care. Like if he gets five goals and fifty assists this year, Bruce, that you know that's not going to be a step back offensively, I don't think. And he and I don't know if he's going to do that, but maybe um, he. He is really good. He's going to be on Team Canada. You know, I was thinking, Bruce, the Oilers could have Hyman could be on Team Canada, McDavid, Nurse, and Nugent Hopkins. If you're looking at a power play for Team Canada, it would be awfully tempting to have Ryan Nugent Hopkins on that power play because you can also play him on the PK and then you just have him as your fourth line winger. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's four Oilers on, the, on Team Canada at the Olympics at this point. I uh, wouldn't be surprised at all. Anyway, and Nurse will be one of them and deserve it. Uh, he,
1: he's the second most likely of those four to me.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: He also had a great play tonight where he uh, uh, probably saved a goal with a great defensive play where it was, looked like the puck had bounced right to the guy who was going to power at home. And Nurse made kind of a diving uh, play to chip the puck away from the guy and into the into the corner when Looked like uh, was uh, Skinner was dead to rights. Um, he's, you know, he's a high event player. He always has been. I suspect he always will be. And you're going to find mistakes if you study his game closely. But uh, he makes so many positive plays in the course of the game that, uh, on balance, uh, I got room for him on my team.
0: Even if it's Team Canada? Even
1: my Team Canada, yeah.
0: Yeah, me no too. Problem. I think, I mean, you have to look at it closely. and I, And I haven't, I've done it in the. In the summer, but I haven't looked at the looked at it this year. But Nurse is having a pretty good year. He's he's I think just a little bit better than what he was last year. I would say like he his physical play's been his defensive acumen's been a little bit better. His physical play a little bit more aggressive, mm-hmm. and his offensive play every bit as good. So yeah, I've liked Darnell Nurse, and he's on the last year of a contract, which is one of the ultimate value contracts right now in the NHL. That's paying him what five and a half a year. For a number one D man that plays like that, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah he's Alex. still on uh, value for money this year for sure at five point six. That's uh, uh, there's a lot of defensemen getting paid more than that, and there's not as many defensemen that are better than Darnell Nurse. Indeed. It's a much
0: shorter list. Alrighty. Any other thoughts, Bruce? Any final thoughts? Uh, moving on. Oh. when's our next game Thursday.
1: Yeah, uh, I was a little sour in the third period that uh, that the men in stripes couldn't see a single Detroit foul. I got to say it. Like McDavid, the guy shoved his stick right into his skate and hauled him down, sent him crashing into the boards. Uh, Drysdale got pitchfork coming out of the corner. Uh, Yamamoto on his partial breakaway and the penalty kill, the guy gave him a one-handed whack. I'm not sure if he got him on the hand or not, but they call that stuff all the time and they didn't call it and it's like Edmonton's power play it's like the refs have in the back of their mind well that power play is such a weapon we better be sure really really sure before we give them a power play in a close game and so what's the point you know you have a great power play and it's like it's a factor in whether the call gets made or not and that's really frustrating when when dry saddle went down which was the third of them it was a clear like he got pitchfork coming up behind the net and uh, my, my living room was a little blue at that point.
0: I've got to say it. Yeah, I mean, they could just be also. I'm protected. not saying the
1: roughing was the difference. I'm, I am saying that there was no calls uh, when uh, when the game was on the line, when there was fouls taking place, and it's frustrating.
0: Protecting the home team's lead, you know, like the home team, the underdog here, they might have been getting into that mindset. Who knows what what they're thinking, Bruce? But. Uh, Call the penalties. Call yeah. the penalties. Let oh, that power play roll. Yeah. yeah. Make them earn, make them earn the game. You know, that, that's how you earn a win. And they you get, kill two penalties to try and more power too. You get that penalty in the third period and you kill it off, you've really earned that win, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's when you know you've you've really come through. And um it's usually part of most games where the team has the lead and it usually takes a penalty or two and they got to kill it off. So why not why not have it if there's there are penalties? Call them. All right, Thursday night against Boston Boston. yeah yeah you know.
1: Friday against Buffalo. Ooh. and the word is that Smith is close, and that we might see Cosman and Smith back to back and with Skinner going back to the farm with this one start as a reward for his being a good soldier all this time. and I mean, hopefully we got back to situation normal before too long in the net-minding situation where you've got, you know, two guys sharing the load. so, and Skinner for his part, he showed real well, you know. Um, he's making it, uh,
0: he's making it interesting for the Oilers because um, Smith has one year left on his contract. Mm-hmm. Two. Coskin um, has one. Smith has well, two. Smith, Smith this oh, year. Oh, after right? this year. Sorry, yeah, yes. one, one year after this one, yeah. Um, so, it's good, you know, and Skinner's going to have used up his waiver eligibility after this year, yeah. so it's going to be use him or lose him, probably. Uh, okay. He's done enough in the AHL. I think he'd get taken by another team, Maybe and uh, so yeah, they have to make a decision. Like, do they are they going to if they trade for a goalie this year? And Elliot Friedman was suggesting they're going to trade for a goalie and a left of defenseman oh, on yeah. his podcast. Um, are they going to try to just get a rental? Are they going to try to get a guy that's your long-term starter? And if you do that, what does that mean for um, for Skinner? And do you really want to ham yourself going in there? The other
1: way in the trade for you know they might as well if they're going to get a long-term starter. It sure, would be nice yeah. to see this team develop a goalie through their own system. Once well, they every
0: just ten yeah.
1: or so years.
0: They are doing it. They are doing it right now before our eyes. We're seeing it because we saw how Skinner didn't look like he was going to be an NHL goalie three or four years ago mm-hmm. when he first got to the HL. I guess it's four seasons ago. This is this his fourth pro season. season. Yeah. yeah. He didn't look like it. he was awkward, and mm-hmm. he let in a lot of bad goals, and he lost his net a lot. Man, he, he has come along. He looked so good that game, aside from that one bumbling play. I mean, that and that can happen. Well, but um, even
1: that, like he he bumped it off the boards and it was coming back to himself and he was just going to bounce it behind the net. And Dylan Larkin, who was the fastest player on Detroit and one of the fastest players in the league, was on him like greased lightning. And he made a perfect play to lift the stick from behind. Like Skinner didn't even know he was there. And he lifted his stick and tapped it in the net. Just It was like less than a heartbeat. Like, and, it was, and it was like, oh, he flubbed the pa- Oh, it's in the net. You know, I was like, how did that happen? I was like, it looked like he still had control, and, and it was a great play, uh, you know, improvisational play by um, Dylan Larkin. <clears throat> but it sure looked bad on the netminder. There's no two ways about it.
0: You know what I know about hockey, Bruce, is hockey happens fast. Sure does. <laughs> hockey happens fast. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, boom. One yeah. little, one microsecond, and you... The puck's in the net, and it's your fault. So, all right. Thanks for talking tonight, Bruce. All
1: right. Thanks for listening, everyone.
0: And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast. Thought you were gonna.